Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Pitiful, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, God, did I just clap so loud? It like cancelled out AJ's clap. Um, I was here. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, welcome everybody to the Cold Popsha Podcast. It's your host. They're here today. It's Richard and AJ. Oh, I wasn't sure how that would end, but I think you, you stuck. You definitely stuck the landing. Oh, thank you, man. Um, that's our new theme song. I will sing that at the start of every episode <laughs> from now on. Uh, yeah, so welcome to the Cold Pumpture Podcast. Cold Pumpture Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My name is AJ, and I'm joined as usual by Richard. It's just us two today, but we thought we'd do something um, because there's no fucking movies coming out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have a lot to talk about. So for the rest of the year... Um, I think that get ready for the- us really scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> content wise. Um, yeah. So let's um, let's let's ex- dive yeah. right into a a slightly more um, esoteric, slightly more self-contained subject. And today we thought it'd be fun to discuss yours and my my yours and mine yours and my mine and yours mine, mine and, and yours. yours. Mine and your anyway, our our individual pop cultural Mount Rushmores. Now, now. <laughs> what do we, we mean are, by that? We are well aware that um, twenty twenty is maybe not the the best time to be making a Mount Rushmore allegory. Um, but and- what, like, here is what we <laughs> what we mean by that. So we've got uh, four, it's essentially there's four things. And that they're important. Um, so, yeah. um, what we've got is, uh, and you know, we've been asking people. We asked on our Discord, uh, people to send some in. We've asked the other members of the Cole Popsha family to send us theirs. But the idea is that you have um, a movie, a TV show, a song, an artist, or an album, and uh, one wild card category. Um, and you pick one thing for each of those categories that isn't just like your favorite, but it feels foundational to the creation of you as a person mm, or to the yeah. development of you as a person, I should say. Yeah. So, um, it can, it's a little, you know, people are people and personalities and, and foundation of character is a malleable concept. Um, and so th- it's, it's maybe not a perfect approach, but just like, 
Mount Rushmore doesn't really speak to the entire truth of America as a nation. Um, this maybe will will be have some some bits and pieces missing from it. Though you and I have both tried to um, to create a full picture of who we are as people. Yeah with our selections yeah um, and but- so um we won't just be because there'll be a very short podcast and probably this probably is still going to be a reasonably short podcast but um we're not just going to be like okay my movie is blank like aj and i have the benefit of uh being able to talk you through our selection process talk about mm-hmm. honorable honorable mentions and yeah the, the process of like whittling it down to one choice and why we maybe chose one thing over another you know yeah yeah um and there's been there's been a lot of disagreement between the two of us over what should be the four pillars, mm. um, and I guess we'll we'll get to that as well. Or should we get to it now? So the uh, yeah yeah l- 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 yeah let's go, go over the whole concept generally. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we were like, okay. So initially it was just like, what four pop cultural figures or things define you as a person? But then it felt like, well, they should be categorized, and I felt especially for me anyway, I probably would accredit a video game more than a music thing as a foundation. And so I was like, it should be video game wildcard. But then you and a bunch of people in the Discord all disagreed with me and said that music is more foundational. And I get, I guess it is. It's just, it's, I'm not a very music-y person, I guess. Um, yeah. And so it almost feels like I'm having to use up one on music when it doesn't feel integral to me as a character yeah and like i i get that somewhat but i think that if the idea is to uh put this idea of your pop cultural mount rushmore into the ether i think um music is going to resonate with more people especially when you can just have um video game as a as your wild card because it feels like putting music into the wild card category feels too like um it feels too obvious like where i I feel more people are gonna have to stretch for a video game than a any kind of musical thing i reckon i would have done movie tv show video game book i reckon that's what i would have done well you could have done that look all of this is made up and nothing matters so whatever um so yeah what do, have we, we've explained everything now is there anything uh, else needs so, to be yep. explained so um should we start off with movie okay do you so want, richard to go first <laughs> my 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 pop cultural mount rushmore the the movie on my mount rushmore um this is a hard thing to decide because First of all, the the content creator in me is like, AJ, no one wants to hear you talk about 28 Days Later again. Like, <laughs> you've, you've discussed all these things before. So I was like, okay, what really is the, the movie that I feel has influenced me the most? Um, or maybe not the most, but it feels like a key component in who I am. And what I ended up doing... Um, somewhat accidentally was I realized that the other three categories all like explained a certain corner of my personality and I realized that um, the corner I had left because I decided on movie last the corner I had left that I didn't have any media to explain was my sense of humor and I was like Mm -hmm. okay so what's a movie that defines my sense of humor 
Um, and I got very close to selecting Big Trouble. Oh my God, my... I was hoping you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I was like, I can't do it. And I got very close to selecting Back to the Future as well, which maybe is less about the comedy and more about the adventure of it. Mm. Um, but I think, I think at, in the written into the DNA of my sense of humor is the film The Road to El Dorado. I think mm. that's my my movie um, Mount Rushmore face (laughs) (laughs) because that movie i've seen that movie so many times i saw it so many times as a kid and the main thing i remember feeling about it was that it was so funny and it still is funny today and has influenced can you tell us a joke from it yeah um there's a part where they they are running away from the authorities and they jump into um into barrels and then a chest gets put on top of the barrel and so they're stuck on them and then as the barrels get loaded onto a ship one of them's like what's going on and the other one goes we're both in barrels that's the extent of my knowledge and i always thought that was a really funny joke that's a very Um, aj joke that feels fundamental to you as a person great choice um, (laughs) it's also got that that weird kind of like overtly sexual character in it which maybe is like partially like my sexual awakening and maybe that's also why it belongs here um with with chell and the the scene in it that's very clearly a blowjob scene yeah um and i'm surprised you didn't choose spanglish as your movie (laughs) (laughs) why are you gonna bring this up (laughs) how do you really remember that have we talked about this on the podcast we don't need to um Okay. I just remember you describing Spanglish as your sexual awakening one time. Yeah. Um, That's true. Because it was a Spang- Tia Leone? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually seen maybe, it, so I can't speak Maybe that. Maybe Spanglish <laughs> is on my extended Mount Rushmore. <laughs> um, so, the yeah, I would say it's Road to El Dorado. There's, it's, it's, it's funny, it's action-packed, it's got adventure, and I like the characters. And I've seen it a lot, and it influenced me as a person what is your what are your thoughts and then what is your movie um no i like it it's a cool choice i um i i think i've only seen it once i i don't remember it too too well Mm. but um it obviously you know just didn't impact my life (laughs) (laughs) um no yeah I, i like that as a choice it's cool um so my uh first choice so Similar uh, kind of thing. Went through a few options. Um, I'm. Ju- I was just trying to think of like movies that, because my, my sort of um, category, my my way of thinking for uh, the Mount Rushmore thing was like any piece of media that if you took it out, I wouldn't be the same person. You know, um, and so, uh, Toy Story is like the first movie I I remember seeing and. You know, but like when you're a kid, those kind of all blend together. So it doesn't feel like, even though it does stick out, it doesn't feel like it should for any particular reason. And and in some ways, until like the sequels and stuff came out, and it really cemented itself as like a franchise that I love. Um, I remember Back to the Future as well. This was this was almost. Um, although this 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 is kind of I'm tossing up between somewhat Back to the Future and another film. Um, but Back to the Future was like. I was blown away by it, you know, and and it feels like it really um, cemented my love of film as a medium um, yeah. and and got me into film. Um, however, 
I think my choice, and again, it, it's another thing, like like you said, it's about the sense of humor of it. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to pick Hot Fuzz, um, okay. because uh, which you know isn't isn't the most out of left field choice or anything like that. But um, while Back to the Future might have been the first film that made me realize I loved film. Um, I Hot Fuzz seems like the first film that I realized I love like filmmaking, um, and I love the idea of like the the craft of film, not just been, yeah. not just watching them, but it's like I want to I want to create these and I want to study these, um, and so I remember first time I watched, it, I was just staying at a friend's house and um, I was always too scared to watch all the dead um, because of the cover of it, mm-hmm. um, but then. You know, I hunted it down as soon as I watched Hot Fuzz. But yeah, Hot, Hot Fuzz will always hold a special place in my heart as kind of opening my eyes to what can be done with, like, film. Like, even though, it's, you know, it's not yeah. necessarily the most prestigious film, but it's every single syllable in that film is, like, there for a reason. Every single frame, everything that it fills that frame. Um, it's just, it's such a precisely designed movie. Um and I think I maybe always associated that kind of level of um, like, I guess, auteur filmmaking with like Stanley Kubrick or Alfred Hitchcock. And it's like, oh, it has to be like a little bit, you know, boring and pretentious. But I know like, you can actually yeah. have so much fun and make like a hilarious action movie. And it's still just as perfectly crafted. Nice. That's a lot more in depth than what I was, what I said about Road to El Dorado, I think. And I feel like. I should have said something better. Well, now you know the level of talking I'm going to do. But um, and also like this, some some of these pillars or these faces, uh, we should say, I'm going to going to have more to say than others. And I guess Hot Fuzz is one of the ones I have more to say. Or maybe it's not. Nice. Maybe that's the least I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um so we asked the other members of the cop popsha family the the are sometimes hosts as we sometimes call them um we asked them for their mount rushmore so i thought we you know we thought in between us going through our main categories we'd tell you theirs so we asked jeremy hey jeremy what is your pop cultural mount rushmore and he said his movie is the count of monte cristo his tv show is arrested development his album is The Beautiful Let Down by Switchfoot. <laughs> um, and his wildcard, which I thought was very cool, was the Sydney 2000 open, Olympic opening ceremony. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain why you laughed at his album? Uh, because Jeremy and I both hail from um, church, uh, church circles and... It's just funny to me that because Switchfoot Switch, are like a Christian band, right? Yeah, but they're like the Christian band. So <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot. There's not a lot of like Christian bands that have cracked through to the mainstream, and Switchfoot is one of them. And I, I find them difficult to take. Reliant K. Yeah, Re- is it not Reliant? K? I think it is Reliant. I always read it as Reliant though. There's <laughs> a fun little um, AJism of mine. <laughs> um. But yeah, and and Jeremy, he went on to explain as well that that ceremony changed his imagination and what he expects from entertainment. There you go. Very beautiful. That's a really nice one. Um, Do we want to grab one from the Discord? Sure thing. Um, The Discord is currently in tatters uh, with with arguments going left and right in the same thread that I have to search for answers in. Oh my God. Um, 
Uh, there's an argument. Uh, join the pop the cult pop shit Discord if you hadn't um, already. There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, I highly recommend you join it so that you too can argue with us over whether or not Mary Kate and Ashley count as a franchise, uh, uh, which they don't. If the official well, do- the official ruling <laughs> is that they don't. That's our stance in cult pop shit is that they don't count. Um, oh my god, so, having to do so much scrolling. Yeah, man. Um, Oh my god. Oh my god, it's so I'm still going up. <laughs> um Okie dokie. Okay, so let's start with Okay, Vincent Lara, who says his movie is Toy Story, his TV show is Avatar The Last Airbender, his artist is Green Day, and his wildcard is Spider Man Two. Vincent that you sound like the coolest fucking dude. <laughs> those are some great. I wish those were the foundations of me as a character. <laughs> he says all these things are personal and great for me, and have shaped my taste in their respective mediums. It is funny, yeah. Like um, using um, his wild card to get a second film. I thought you could. You, can you not do that? No, you can. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's just always uh, a sneaky boy. <laughs> Um, we've also got one from Dan Connell who said his movie is Heather's, his TV show is Better Call Saul, his artist is Spoon, and his wild card is Fire Emblem. Um, and he says he watched Heather's as a teen, expecting it to be a high school chick flick. I don't know what that doesn't really explain why Heather's would be wrong, <laughs> like maybe it just it was a chick flick, and he was like, yeah. "Man, what a satisfying movie!" <laughs> I've seen Heather's; it's yeah. not a chick flick. I know, I know. I'm. All right, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting to me as well that like seeing because um, there's a couple other ones that you'll see, but um, putting like Better Call Saul, um, that like to have so recent um, that kind mm. of like awakening or um, I mean well, it could just know. be that these people are choosing it by, based on what their favorite is, but um, anyway, yeah, should we move on to TV in, show in 2015, dude. We don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, with the next the next face that we need to assign for for ourselves is the TV show face. So, um, what TV show do we feel influenced us and and created our interests? And you know, mm. I feel like I've explained the concept enough. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go? Know. Okay. Nice so back and forth. This uh, was an interesting one for me because I probably have more to answer what my favorite TV show is feels easier than answering what my favorite movie is for some reason. Mm -hmm. Not, not necessarily because I like TV more than movies or anything, but I, I guess TV feels like there are more definitive landmarks across my life. um, Right. Yeah. Which, which, whereas movies it's like, Oh, I like this and I like this and I like this. Whereas I'm a lot more selective with TV. Yeah. And I guess like your TV almost feels inherently more like tied to a time period yeah because it's like i remember you know i remember sitting in the cinema silently um and watching a movie when it came out but i don't remember what was going on in my life so much around then where it's like you know a movie a tv show if you're watching it live um you know in the in the 2000s or whatever um you remember that six months of your life where you were watching it yeah um and there are a few shows that that i quickly ruled out um for what will come to be obvious reasons it just shows you've um, never seen <laughs> no no show like the the good place is a is a very recent show that i feel like was created for me like i love it so much but it, it's absolutely not my mount rushmore because it is it's because of the mount rushmores in my life that i like it 
Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's attractive to me because of who I've been built into. Because as a you've person. already been, you know, molded by other things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so you go back further. I think um, one that nearly got in was Scrubs, just because mm. it was such an, an emotionally resonant and also funny show for me. But um, with Road to El Dorado, I feel like I didn't need another comedy in, in place. Well, actually, in reverse order of that decision. That's yeah. more when I decided on Road to El Dorado, I was like, sweet, now I don't need to, to <laughs> feel bad for excluding Scrubs. Um the I think the obvious answer and the answer people would expect or the answers people would either expect would either be Breaking Bad or Lost, um, which are, you know, fundamental to who I am as a person. But I want to go back even further because the reason I was into Lost was because of an extremely forgotten um, drama from like 2002 or 2003, I think. Um, called John Doe. That is my <laughs> Mount Rushmore wow. of television. John Doe was a drama about a man who woke up and he didn't remember who he was, but he knew the answer to every question. Like every, every he didn't, you know, his general knowledge every was like question. off the charts. Um, and he was, he couldn't see colors. Um, he could only see him black and white and he would solve crimes with his friends and it was a very very mysterious show there was at the end of the first episode he's like figuring out what he likes about you know what he what he likes as a person and he, he eats a spicy hot dog and he's like well I guess I like spicy hot dogs and that's like integral to discovering who i am which feels like maybe you just never had one before but as he's as he's eating a spicy hot dog on coney island he hears someone crying out tommy tommy and he looks out and on a boat you know across the water is a woman waving at him and he can see her in color and she's saying tommy tommy and that's where the first episode ended um and as you can see like lost was very much the same kind of thing right Mm. like um sort of these these insatiable mysteries that it leaves you with at the end of each episode so um the it, it went for one season and ended on a motherfuck of a cliffhanger <laughs> tell you what um and i couldn't believe it it was and i don't know if i should spoil it but i don't know if the show holds up or whatever but yeah um and i i really love mysteries i really love as we discussed on the recently on the cold pop podcast like i really love the kind of ghostly eerie not knowing certain pieces of information and then there'll be like this out of left field detail that makes you go like what the fuck how could that what possibly the actual be? fuck <laughs> <laughs> and so john doe i think is the earliest i can remember um being that being something that i got very much into because of that right um so john doe next to road to el dorado on my mount rushmore nice very cool um okay so my tv show i want to talk about all through all the honorable mentions because there's a very obvious answer um so um like none of these are actually in the running i just want to mention more than one tv show (laughs) um so scrubs i had like very similar kind of um experience with like one of my favorite shows um through high school uh very in line with my sense of humor but i love the way it blends comedy and drama i love when a show is able to do that um and then and it's probably because of scrubs that bojack horseman became one of my favorite shows of all time sure, um, yeah. and 
um, because that does the same kind of thing of blending um, comedy and drama. And then, I mean, if I was looking at it like the way you uh, kind of look at the Mount Rushmore experiment, um, you know, if I wanted to um, show off like one part of my my um, personality is my intelligence, I could have chosen Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um uh but so and other shows and one that i was just thinking about in the shower before that um a show that actually feels um in spite of itself feels important and integral to the person i am today is how meet mother um Mm. because i i've spoken about this a few times on the podcast but i loved that show I, like that was one of my that was my favorite sitcom for so long. It was like it felt like it filled this hole that like um, having seen Friends too many times now um, like left and and that Scrubs left behind, um, and I fell in love with it. And like I picked up around season three or four, and then like you know it was brand new episode every um, like as soon as it came out, and then the final the final season was like is objectively not very good has a couple of good episodes but i um couldn't like i i was refused to accept that it was going downhill even though everyone hated it and i was like no it's a good show they're gonna stick the landing and then the finale is the most insulting and and I, i still to this day regard it as one of the worst pieces of media i've ever consumed is the how many mother finale it's not only is it a bad episode of television but it's a complete betrayal of nine seasons of character development. Um, what's a what's a like national or a um, a famous monument that represents the opposite of Mount? Actually, these are these Mount are Rushmore. the Confederate um, like things that people are um, begging to be taken down. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore probably qualifies for both yeah. of these things. Um, but yeah, so and how many mother and it was it was this it was this deep deep betrayal. You know, I, I genuinely felt betrayed. Um, and it's actually changed. It was subconsciously for a long time, but it's actually changed the way I watched TV shows. Like a show like Bojack Horseman that I just happened to be like, oh, it's got um, well in it. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll chuck it on. And then ended up like falling in love with it and, and sticking with it um, through, you know, a somewhat bland couple of first episodes. Um, but I don't really do that anymore. I don't just chuck on a show, especially a brand new show. Um, because what if the ending fucking sucks, you know? Mm. Um, and so I, I like I don't mind watching a bad film because it's maximum you know a couple of hours long, um, but life's too short to invest in a bad TV show. And after watching How Your Mother, you you might not know a TV show is bad for nine years. And yeah, yeah. Um, I never watched Game of Thrones, but that's what happened. Like you know, How Your Mother was my kind of like um my version of that of of investing so deeply in this thing for so long um and now because the general consensus seems to be that it's not worth starting game of thrones now because it's not which is oh my god it's insane like this is how i know exactly how you feel is because i cannot if you if i mean you know it's not like the show is obscure most people listening to this i would imagine have probably seen it um but like if you've if you never watched Game of Thrones and all you remember of it is that everyone hated the ending, I cannot understate how like revolutionary those first mm. few seasons were. Um, and so it really does feel like a 
like a betrayal. Like people people are comparing it to like Rise of Skywalker and and things like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of what it's betrayed. Hmm. But like. Yeah, something about like something at like Rise of Skywalker doesn't. Well, I mean, okay, I've never been like the biggest Star Wars fan, but I, I could still probably enjoy episodes, you know, the the original trilogy just as much as I as I mm. would because there's something about film that doesn't feel quite as connected as a TV show. Um, but yeah, that's just something that I thought of that I was like, this is actually one of the most important TV shows because I don't really watch TV that much anymore like a new netflix show will come out and everyone's like, oh did you watch it and it's like yeah I'm, I'm never gonna get around to it unless it finishes and it's universally agreed upon as being good the entire way having yeah. said all this the obvious answer and the correct answer of what the tv show face on my mount Marsh, Marsh, mount Rushmore, mount rushmore <laughs> is is the simpsons it's it's ah, obviously right, the course. simpsons um it, it like it almost feels too important to just be a face i described it to you the other day as being the simpsons is the stone in which my mount rushmore is carved like (laughs) you you couldn't have anything on this on this mount if it wasn't for the simpsons like i I wouldn't i wouldn't exist the simpsons is your native american land which was stolen by colonizers yeah used to used to celebrate other colonizers (laughs) (laughs) exactly um yeah i i just the Simpsons are so fundamental to me as a person. It's I know more about The Simpsons than anything, than probably anything else in the world. I know, it's probably the only thing that I'm an expert in, in the mm. in the sense that I've probably spent ten thousand hours watching The Simpsons. Um, wow. You know, the whole you have to do something for ten thousand hours to be an expert. Um, yeah, I, I I was bedridden, sick a couple of weeks ago. Um, like literally Monday, Tuesday, couldn't get out of bed. Wednesday, I didn't have enough energy to get out of bed, but I couldn't fall asleep. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to put some Simpsons on the TV. And like two episodes in, I just felt fine. And I, I, I'd made a doctor's appointment and I got there and they're like, what's going to be the problem? And I'm like, well, nothing now. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, the Simpsons cured me. Wow. I've got two Simpsons tattoos. I've got a Stonecutters tattoo and I've got on my arm um, the shape that Kirk Van Houten draws when they're playing Pictionary and uh, he draws the symbol for dignity. Um, and it's just, I just think that's a really funny scene and I think it's a funny symbol. And so I put it on my body for life. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's how much. Yeah, the, the Simpsons is like, is so fundamental to me as a person. Um, mm. And it feels like, yeah, it's, it's definitely out of the four heads this that's the most important one yeah well i mean over in the discord you've got some 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 common common blood because uh mike in the discord one of our one of our longtime listeners mike he says that his movie is ed wood and his show is also the simpsons um he said his artist is david bowie and his wild card is the x-men comics um he says he should also fit star wars in there somewhere hard to pick one for just each category yeah it is it is hard. It is. That's the point. And you don't get an hour-long podcast to discuss your reasoning, Mike. Um, well, he does have a podcast, though. That, that yeah, true. And he could, just, he could just... Feel free to take this idea, Mike. Um, <laughs> um, but also, Jess from the Cole Popcher family um, and your partner, um, probably more importantly that, um, she says that Doctor Who is her, I guess, TV show? Yeah. What else would it be? Um, 
Well, she hasn't listed. Well, she's just done it out of order. So Doctor Who's her TV show. The Cabinet of Doctor Caligari, I guess, is her movie. Yeah. David Bowie, like Mike, is also her her um, yeah. musician. So this isn't and, out of order, is it? Well, no, she's put TV oh, show right, first. She has, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and Del Toro <laughs> Quest is her wild card, which is a book, uh, which yeah. is very funny. That um, I never thought I'd discuss Del Toro Quest on the podcast. Before. Jess loves Del Toro Quest, <laughs> but like, <clears throat> well, she loved it growing up. Um, and then she also gives an honorable mention to Spyro, Spyro Gateway to Glimmer, which is the second Spyro game. Funny little story. We have um, a PS2 at our house. It's just my old PS2 from when I grew up. And, um, when moved up to Auckland, I, I think the somehow the memory cards got lost in the shuffle, or the, the you know I didn't have enough or whatever. Um, but when Jess went uh, to her home up north, she like grabbed her, some of her old supplies, and there's a um, a memory card that we have in the PS2 that says um, Emma and Jess for Spyro Two that like you know her like their their mum had written on like now this is your spyro 2 memory card and so it's just like it's just such like a cute mum thing to do <laughs> yeah love it all right so let's move on then to the third the third face on our pop cultural mount rushmore's which begrudgingly on my end um <laughs> is the musician slash you know artist or song album, album or, yeah. what have you um and so the there the reason that I struggled with this one, that this is this is a happy story in the end. But the reason I struggle with it is because I don't, I don't. It's not that I don't like music. I actually really like music. I just don't have time to don't you know have time in my day where I actively listen to music or anything anymore. And I think because it's one of the only pieces of media that I don't like actively understand how because you know I understand storytelling I understand filmmaking and I understand um elements of like video games and stuff and writing um and right yeah yeah um I think because I don't understand how to make music I'm less inclined to want to talk about it and on top of that you know this is Cole Popcher is a is a spoonerism of the of pop culture and um while you know the road to El Dorado and um john doe and all these other shows and movies we've talked about so far they all feel like elements of pop culture my music taste is pretty like i'm not trying to sound hipster, niche but culture. It's, it, sorry niche culture yeah it's niche so it doesn't feel like it's pop culture because my favorite band is not you know david bowie or, or or the beatles or anything it's it's a more obscure thing which i'm not saying is cool i'm not saying that makes me cool it's just the truth um however with all that being said my favorite band is inarguably probably more so than any other one of my mount rushmore faces is who i am as a person um and so with you know surprising no one if you know me as a person or you've heard me talk about it before but my musical mount rushmore is the band me without you um who i've been listening to since i was 13 i just got one of their vinyls um in the mail the other day um and it's very 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 cool they the the area of my personality that me without you account for i think is a general love for writing um their lyrics are breathtaking i love me without you lyrics so much um i was just reading them aloud when i got the the vinyl the other day because it came with a lyric book um and 
I like I love song lyrics. I love poetry. I love really good writing and really emotional writing. And also the fact that they're they're stylistically they're like alternative rock, which feels a lot more um like I guess grassroots and and rustic as we used that term before. Um or was that on generic movie podcast which we recorded before <laughs> I can't remember. But there, there's just something to them that like you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not a hard to grasp metaphor that like pop music is kind of like candy, right? You know what I mean? Like it's it's soda pop, right? Um, I'm if I'm hoping that makes sense. Whereas to me, me without you feels like like a, a roast meal. You know what I mean? Like a like a mm. proper a good a dinner that is good for you. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think you know people have that same kind of reaction to, to ab- absolutely. Music, Sorry, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying my personal yeah. experience yeah, is yeah. like pop pop music creates like the soundtrack of my everyday life me without you is a is a deeply personal um experience for me listening to them Mm. um he won't even let me listen to them haven't i no you i I said i'm gonna listen to some me without you and you go no they're mine (laughs) no please you should um i they are breaking up this year they're in the process of breaking up it got delayed because they were going to do a farewell tour that got um screwed over by covid which is a pretty funny reason for a, a band to not break up like they didn't expect that was going to happen um and that's after seven albums and i think about 20 years of of working as an as a as a band um yeah man i just i've they are one of they are the only thing on the only piece of media in my mount rushmore that i would say is one of my like most important pieces of pop culture to me the other ones feel more like they are responsible for creating me Mm. but me without you is the the only one that i'd be like yeah it's the it's one of my favorite things in the world is is me without you songs if you are looking to get into them um if you want an album i would recommend brother sister which is their third album that's the first album i ever heard of them um and that's kind of the like they develop and change a lot over their seven albums but brother sister is kind of the the every every style they were before and ended up being kind of finding a happy middle ground right. um so I'd, I'd recommend brother sister um and if you're looking for individual songs their most famous songs would be something like january 1979 um or the fox the crow and the cookie um or um let me think um nice and blue is a good one. Oh, in a sweater paulie knit is the first song i ever heard from them um which i really love uh, my favorite song from them is called Carousels, and my favorite album is Catch for Us the Foxes, which is their second album. Um, and yeah, the, I I love Me Without You. I still got to see them live a few years back. I think I talked about this on a Q and A episode we did at some point. But yeah, I, I, I went to Australia to see them play live and got to meet them, and it was very, 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 very cool. One of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, and they tweeted about me the next day. They said. How cool is it that a gang of lads from New Zealand came out to see us? And it was like, oh my God, they know who I am. <laughs> Get them on the podcast, man. They're, they're, like, we shouldn't because they're not, you know, kind of in the wheelhouse of what this podcast is. But I don't think that'd be particularly hard to contact <laughs> and ask to be on the podcast. Yeah. Very cool. Um, it's funny that the one that you begrudgingly put on is actually like your most important one. That's what I mean. That's why it's, it's a happy ending because despite, despite being like, oh, but I'm not really a musical guy. And I feel like video games feel more of a cult popshery to mention. It's like, well, no, if we are talking who I am as a person, 
me without you is inarguably one of those mm. elements you know nice and also i look like all of the members combined so my <laughs> my haberdashery of personal style and personal fashion right. sense and is that and actually is that by design uh no i didn't do it on purpose it wasn't until i got selfies with them in australia that i think jeremy was actually like oh my god <laughs> this is where it comes from <laughs> and i didn't i didn't realize that until then and i was like oh yeah true um so my um music M- music is probably like i don't talk about it a lot on the podcast i guess but um and yeah, in a strange way, music is probably the most important um, pillar of pop culture to me, like more so than film, which, mm. you know, you wouldn't necessarily guess by the fact that I have a film podcast. Um, but like you, I don't, uh, I, I can't create music. I, I'm not, I, I, I love singing. I, I sing all the time. Um, but I, yeah, I can't play any instruments and I, I love uh like watching music based video essays and, and on youtube and like people explaining music because i just i find it so fascinating the idea of like motifs and light motifs and um mm. and all that is is so fascinating to me um and it was probably it was it wasn't until i left high school that i would like really felt like film was my thing and before that it was music and it's still like uh, I feel like my music taste kind of froze in high school and it hasn't really developed a lot since then. So I don't as much outwardly talk about my music taste because it feels like, you know, it's just, it's, it's very stunted. Um, but there is, there's a band that I have a little shrine to above my computer, um, which, you know, features a signed poster, a set list that I, that they get, that was folded up and given to me with a pick inside. Um, and, uh, at uh, a concert on their farewell tour, and that band is Yellow Card, and probably the most important band to me, like through high school. Um, you, you guys, like, if you're listening to this, you might know, might just know the song Ocean Avenue, which was kind of their like, they kind of considered a one hit wonder of like the the pop punk era. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Yellow Card, they were, um, yeah, I, I just just really got into them and got the chance to see them live in 2015 uh when they came to New Zealand um just played at like quite a small venue in West Auckland um and then again in 2017 uh they they announced they were doing a final world world tour they were breaking up and they were playing in Australia and I was like okay well th- this is important enough to me that I'm going to go over to Australia and so I bought tickets to go see them in Brisbane and then um and with like a meet and greet uh but then not long after that they announced that they were going to play um ocean avenue the album in its entirety in sydney the following day or like two days later so i was like well fuck i'm gonna go to this as well so i ended up you know seeing them twice in just over 48 hours um and you know seeing one of my favorite albums of all time start to finish um Mm. it was incredible but so i met the band before their brisbane performance and it was like you go in you stand on a line they're all standing there you get a photo with them you shake their hands or what you say hi um and then there was maybe eight or ten of us that got this like half hour hangout before the show so i sat next to the lead singer at this hangout and he was just he was just kind of a dick like he he was very much like yeah i'm the celebrity like he actually said like you guys have to talk to me like you know i'm not going to tell you 
what you want to talk about like that you you paid for this like what do you want to talk about which was like mate just made it really intimidating because he's like yeah. i'm not going to make an effort to talk to you unless you make the effort to talk to me um and so we talked about star wars a little bit we talked about this new recording studio he was building um and but he was just he was very standoffish and i was like oh it's just maybe it's just nerves for the show but um when i was the first person to get my photo with them um when when you go in and and, and get the, the signings and stuff like that and i and i went out and i shook all their hands and then but the lead singer had was holding a green tea and i went to shake his hand and he just shrugged and then so i was just like okay and i moved on and, and shook the hand of the violinist um because they were violinists that's like kind of their thing um <laughs> if you knew them you'd know it's their signature piece <laughs> <laughs> um but then yes yeah, so i had this half hour hangout and i'm and i mentioned like over new zealand and stuff like that and then the lead singer like just kind of trashed New Zealand a little bit. He said when they stayed there at the 2015 gig, he just said like he they ended up changing hotels because the hotel was so shit, um, and so I just kind of just had not a very good experience. Um, but then as we were like finishing up this thing, the this this hangout, the violinist came over to me and he was like, "Hey man, like I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't really get a chance to talk to you." And he was like, and so this was like they they were being ushered away. Everyone else had been taken away. The rest of the band had left. But he was like, "I just want to make sure that." that I get a chance to talk to you. Um, and so we ended up chatting for a couple of minutes and he was so lovely, like one of the loveliest people I've ever met. Um, and I spoke to him about his experience in New Zealand and I said, oh, you know, on behalf of the country. So he's like, oh, dude, like it's obviously not your fault. And was like, and was so lovely. And he, and then at the show, he's the one who picked up the set list off the stage because I was standing in front of him and he folded it up, put, put a pick inside and said like here. And then someone tried to grab me. He's like, no, no, it's for him. And so it was like just this amazing like nice thing however this is all to say i don't feel comfortable putting yellow card on my mount rushmore anymore <laughs> um because much um, like mount rushmore as we learn more about them it becomes yeah. it feels like an unethical decision um but so up until like even even my issues with the lead singer side and and it, there's there's been He's gone on tour in solo and he's kind of made a bit of a name for himself as being a bit of a dick. Um, he's got a Star Wars podcast um, and he's just started a Patreon, um, neither of which I support at this point. Um, <laughs> but he, um, so in December of last year, they announced that they were going to be suing the rapper Juice World um, because uh, his song Lucid Dreams, which is was a very popular song um supposedly copies the melody of um their song hollywood died which is the last song in their song on the album lights and sounds which was a follow-up to ocean avenue um because so lucid dream goes um i take prescriptions to make me feel a-okay and then hollywood died goes rescuers working to clean up the crashes so it's like it, it is kind of similar but it's not identical um and these like oh you copied our song um things are so like they they always rule in favor of the sewer um the sewer <laughs> um <laughs> The person suing, not like the the pipeline, um, <laughs> not not the famous pipeline. Richard, what's your what's your pop cultural sewer? <laughs> <laughs> um, but and so it's like it's it's just so petty. And um, the song already samples "Shape of My Heart" by Sting, so Sting already gets like ninety percent of the royalties of the song. Um, and then Yellow Card like "Fuck you, we want the rest," and they sued for like some outrageous amount of money. Um, and it's like 
it's it's like lost profit like not not like the band lost profits that's a whole different kettle of fish um that they're suing for like you know saying that and people, that's why lost profits is my musical <laughs> they're suing for um for um essentially saying that we lost money because people are listening to your song instead of our one which is just bananas insane they're um, different genres but like, then not- um a few like literally like a week or two after i found out that this was happening juice world passed away um tragically he was only 21 he was just he was just a kid you know mm. um and then uh, a few days later yellow card were like this is a very hard time for us but we're going ahead with the lawsuit and it's like what you're just suing some some kid's family for like for for for, for money and it's like it it's such a flimsy case anyway and it's and you know you used to be um, the Ocean Avenue band, and you had all this goodwill from like pop punk fans, and now you've just destroyed that legacy. People yeah. look up Yellow Card, and they're like, "Oh, that's the they're the ones that sued that dead kid." And yeah. it's like, and so I can still enjoy their music because because I'm kind of like a separate the art from the artist kind of person. I don't have to like think about you know all the horrible things that people have done um, while consuming their media necessarily, but there's that leaves a weird taste in my mouth now to to talk about yellow card and and to um to you know to to support them like that um so that was a very long-winded explanation of why this band no one cares about isn't on my mount rushmore but Mm. it's it's a it's an important story to me but um (laughs) and i hope that you found it interesting um but this is all to say, um, I almost put uh, the song Opportunity by Pete Murray, which is my favorite song of all time, um, Australian singer-songwriter. Very, very good song. But um, I think probably the most important artist is a guy called Charlie Simpson. And so he's he's going in the, the musical slot in my Mount, Rush- Mount Rushmore. Um, he was one of the three singers in the band Busted, which was a... <laughs> Um, pop punk band in the 2000s and we've spoken about that a few times on this podcast that's how we know charlie and carlisle uh, carlisle who we had on brave little toaster episode um because they write a podcast where they analyze busted lyrics and being <laughs> new zealand's biggest busted fan because i'm the only person that fucking likes them in this country they um they've, they've had me on a few times but they um so Charlie Simpson is kind of like he's the cool one. He's got the deep voice, um, but then he he left Busted and created this band called Fight Star, uh, which is a uh, which is like a post kind of hardcore like mm-hmm. almost metal band. Um, yeah. And then when he had done Fight Star for a few albums, he then released like a, like two solo like folk albums, and then he got back together with Busted, and then they released this like electronic album, and so. He's he's got the most beautiful voice, and uh, I, I think, um, and it works across all these genres. And so it's like, you know, there, there's there's a song for any mood. And watching his kind of music evolve with me as a person, going from like, uh, you know, cool, fun pop punk to then like, oh, I'm so angsty and hardcore to then like mature kind of singer songwriter kind of music to then come back to like have a bit of fun. Um, yeah, that that's why. He's on there and recommendations. Uh, if you want like to see what he did with Busted, there's obviously like what I go to school for year 3000, like their signature songs. Um, and then he left and made Fight Star, Floods, We Apologize for Nothing, um, Paint Your Target, 
and then his solo stuff you've got anything on the album young pilgrim probably my favorite album of all time um a song called emily uh and then from his return to busted you've got like night driver um and on what you're on um so nice. yeah go check those out anyway that was a very very long explanation i think i've been talking maybe for like- maybe music is so attractive to us to talk about because of the the mystique of not understanding how it works mm, yeah <laughs> maybe that's why it's so important um well hey look over on the discord tim r tabor told us his uh pop cultural mount rushmore he says his tv show is always sunny in philadelphia um his movie is forrest gump his music is honestly not super informed on music as a medium i rarely listen to music by itself and his wild card is sid meyer's civilization five nice so that's pretty cool um, I'll read out a couple more. Uh, Craig says that his favorite TV, his favorite TV show, the TV show is about Rushmore, is Twin Peaks. His movie is Harold and Maud. His music is Radiohead, uh, the song, the album In Rainbows, and the song Reckoner. And Miscellaneous is the dog ending from Silent Hill 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I love, uh, like, you know, choices like that. Um, because yeah. Well, you'll you love. Um, rowan from the cop of the family <laughs> rowan's mount rushmore he said the movie is the fellowship of the ring the tv show is lost the um album is divine madness oh no the album is divine by madness i think yeah. and his wild card is perplexingly christianity uh which he didn't really elaborate on <laughs> and i don't really know enough about rowan to know what yeah, he he's also that. never really mentioned like <laughs> He said he thought about doing the Bible, um, which would be hilarious to have the Bible as your wild pop culture wild card. <laughs> the Bible's probably my favorite piece of pop culture. <laughs> I mean, it's the highest selling book of all time, right? <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, all so right. Yeah. we're down to the wild card now. So wild card can either be another one of what we've already talked about or a thing that has not been covered um and surprise surprise i've chosen a video game as my wild card um and again i don't know if this is going to surprise anyone if you if you've been listening for a while um although i do have a few video games that maybe (laughs) although maybe you will be surprised maybe you will be surprised my video game mount rushmore is the odd world um series um i thought about this i thought last of us while last of us and last of us 2 were like all i think about (laughs) at the moment like (laughs) again that it feels like i'm into the last of us because of john doe and um you know the these these other other areas of life that i've been fascinated it's similar to what i said about the good place it's because of who i am that i like the last of us and not um not it it wasn't the the first or yeah, the the, yeah. the origin or the inception of this part of me um and i also thought about crash bandicoot because crash bandicoot was what i was obsessed with um when i was a kid and jack and dexter as well um but i think i don't think i like crash bandicoot because of something about me i think crash bandicoot is just a very attractive thing it's mm. it's a cartoon that appeals to little kids you know what i mean yeah, yeah so i don't i don't know if it speaks to who i am um as a person but odd world is that you know left of center um pick for me which it's not entirely obscure um but the yeah, fact but, but that, like, um, like for, just to to elaborate kind of like um like crash bandicoot is saying you and i both love we both love spyro both love last of us i have no interest in odd world 
<laughs> there you go. Like Odd World um, is such a, a you thing that, it, like, to me, it just doesn't look fun. <laughs> well, it is. It's very fun. Um, it's very fun, Richard. Shut up. <laughs> um, and I think, I think, even though I more actively pursued Crash Bandicoot as a kid, I remember playing Odd World as a kid. And because, like, the third and fourth game were on Xbox, which I never had. Um, it it was always this way more like mysterious and like enigmatic kind of series. The first two games, Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus, I think are some of the most God that they, they are responsible for the indie games industry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, for sure. The, we we've both played the game Inside recently, yeah. um, which is a side scroller. Any side scroller in the industry, especially the ones that are about like something sort of dark. Well, when it's would, all, when it's all about like world building, but they don't yeah. show you everything. Yeah, exactly. They would not even fucking exist in any form if it wasn't for Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus. Um, it's. I think I think the area specifically of my life that Old World is responsible for nurturing would be like my interest in creepiness and grossness and kind of um like I remember when I was a kid I always used to try I, I drew quite a lot I did a lot of drawings as a kid and I would always find it real hard to draw realistic looking people because when you draw realistic looking people it looks quite ugly and Oddworld was like the piece of media in my life that was like it's actually okay if they look ugly hmm. like a- aesthetically displeasing things are aesthetically pleasing for a different reason and so I just think I think it it did that for me it's it's such a gross series it's such a it's such a creepy series um and it, there's also a lot in there politically which now informs who I who I am um mm-hmm because the game the games are about like freeing um subjugated the working class the working class exactly um and so it's also like very puzzly there's a lot of puzzles um and some really interesting gameplay where you like talk to characters and that's how you kind of maneuver your way through the game um yeah. and i have a very cherished memory of mine richard was when i would have been maybe 8 or so and i went to my cousin's house and they had old world on ps1 they're the first one and i remember it was maybe like 10 o'clock at night and i was there with my family and i was just in in the the tv room while the the rest of the family were like chatting and my dad came into the tv room and we put on odd world um and we just played it into the night must have been, it must have been earlier than 10 but it felt like it was real late and like <laughs> we got we got to the end of the second level and the game paused and like whenever i would later go around to my my cousin's house it was famous that you could only get that far in the game before the scratches on the disc <laughs> fucked it up too much um but like that that's just a cherished memory it's it's i don't know what i mean by this but there are certain games that are um, made better by playing them real late at night and i don't exactly know what that is but odd world is like the prime example of that it's like mm. you, it's uh, you're up so late and you're playing something dark and creepy and weird but strangely addictive um and as you say the world building it is great it yeah, just so it's just you, responsible you for so many of my interests yeah 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 for sure you mentioned that um uh you never had an xbox have you played three and four yes so um 
they released oh we got an xbox 360 at some point but i couldn't actually play them on there because munch's odyssey which is the third game um was one it was an xbox launch title so like early xbox games are real finicky on xbox 360s and so i could play it but the audio was drowned out which maybe wouldn't be that big of an issue but audio is such a like fucking important component (laughs) of odd world because you've got to talk to people um and then i think it ended up getting released on pc both 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 yeah, both um, Munch's Odyssey and Stranger's Wrath. So I think I must have played them both on PC, mm. um, which is a, a weird weird to think of. But maybe I played them on PS3. I can't remember, but I have played they, the they, last they, two. Yeah, they but, did end up getting ported to PS3 by the looks of it. Right. So I have played them. Um, and then, of course, I played the remake. Um, and there's a sadness to Oddworld because I think they've lost their touch. Um, I didn't think the Abe's Odyssey remake was particularly good. Um, and Munch's Odyssey was at, at its best unfinished. And Stranger's Wrath, while cool, was like a completely different story. So, you know, I just missed the characters that I yeah, played sure. the first three games with. Um, and they've got a new game coming out, which is a remake of Exodus well, sort of a remake, like a reimagining of Exodus because they've added a bunch of stuff in it called Soulstorm, which um, I will play and I will probably enjoy at the time, but I can't imagine it being anywhere near as good as that original Exodus. In my opinion, they shouldn't have remade the games. They shouldn't have overwritten them in canon. They should have just made sequels. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. So Richard, I am dying to know what is your video game. No, your wild card. Oh, doesn't have to be a video game, mate. Oh, great. Um, I do just want to just add. Um, uh, I have just googled, and in just in the last couple of weeks, Yellow Card have said they're resuming. Um, there now because obviously it was put on hold the lawsuit. Um, their fifteen million dollar lawsuit. Um, because they think they lost fifteen million dollars because he stole their song. And they say, oh, he definitely knew it because his favorite album is From Under the Cork Tree by Fallout Boy, and we had the same producer. So he obviously heard our album, which makes no sense. Anyway. Um, Do you so, think the violinist is like, guys, we shouldn't be doing this? And the lead singer's like, no, we had to. I actually think you like he might be, because looking at the, the Instagrams and stuff, they don't interact with Sean, he's the violinist, any, like that much anymore. And I think... He may have been dragged into like actually having to represent them somewhat in the in the lawsuit, but I think there's been some kind of falling out there because he's the nice one. Mm. Um, anyway, so my miscellaneous. Um, it's interesting because because obviously you know we talked about video games and and we did at one point talk about you know let's just compromise and not have miscellaneous and you just have to have a music and a video game, and um, you know if I'd done that like video games were interesting for me growing up because I like. I've I've always gotten each console so late, so it's like I only ever I only got Crash Bandicoot like after knowing it, like you know everyone had moved on from it kind of thing. But you know Crash Bandicoot and Spyro are like the the ones that that really feel like instrumental to me growing up, and they're like kind of the only ones that feel like that. But for my wild card, there was kind of only one option for me um, because it's it's a thing that feels so integral to my. Um, development and it's like even though it was this popular thing it feel it's like you with me without you that's like obviously they have other fans but it feels so personal but there was there was this web series and well it's technically still going but very rarely uh called homestar runner it was a flash animation um that it was created by the 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 brothers chaps um and 
it's just it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's, I've never seen it. I've never seen Homestar Runner. I'm it, a- it's interesting, like because it feels like one of those things that you know when our friendship was blossoming, there were so many things like this that you were the only other person I had to talk to about them. Yeah, like the um that video we both saw in the early days of the internet of the green alien singing i will survive <laughs> oh my god <laughs> screw up star that's my one <laughs> um no like yeah i'm sorry so it was kind of the most popular thing of it was this character called strong bad who was like this guy wearing a mexican wrestler mask who would answer his emails strong bad emails and that was kind of like many people's sort of first kind of toe dipping into the world but it was the it was this rich kind of world with all of these characters and it's one of those things that i don't know how to recommend it to people because i don't remember how i got started on it like i just it's one of those things that as far back as i can remember i've always known homestar Run. i've always been into it um but it feels like one of those things that so distinctly shaped my sense of humor and 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 what i'm into because it, it has like a very unique like absurd sense of humor um and like i I would say the the development of my sense of humor is entirely due to the simpsons homestar runner and spongebob squarepants but obviously i could only choose one tv show for the tv show pillar um but i think spongebob squarepants doesn't get enough credit for like designing the sense of humor of millennials you know like oh, i think i think spongebob is just the simpsons continued yeah, yeah i think yeah, i think right. it's like, a more child-friendly sim it's the sense of humor is almost exactly the same as the simpsons like. yeah it's very similar but yeah it's that weird kind of absurdist humor that i think our memes wouldn't exist without um a hundred percent without spongebob but um but yeah homestar it does have a few famous fans um lynn Man- lynn manuel miranda um we'll tweet references to it every now and then um i remember there was an old video of katie perry and Haley williams from paramore uh oh no this, um katie perry or one of one of them posted a photo of the two of them as like oh we're just discussing like where is homestar gone um because they they went on hiatus for like a decade and just in the last couple of years have started uploading a couple of videos a year kind of thing hey um, well you know what else Haley williams is a fan of what's that me without you is she yeah, she's she's features on some of the songs. She features on a song called Fox's Dream on the Log Flume, uh, but she is doing what could be best described as backing vocals, so it's not really like... Yeah. You, you wouldn't listen to it because you really like Hayley yeah, Williams. Yeah. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead also really likes me without you. Oh, cool. And she has, she, she's M-E-W, which is the first three letters of me without <laughs> you, which is one word, which is why that's... Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Homestar Runner, I like. Please comment if you were into it, um, <laughs> like because I would love to. Or like anyone on the Discord that wants to talk about Homestar Runner, I would love to because, oh my god, like I think in my life, other like other than people that I knew at the time, going to like my sister and, and my cousins or whatever, um, I've met two people that were into it growing up and that I've been able to like talk to about it. <laughs> one I went to broadcasting school with, and one I work with at the moment. So. Uh, the only <laughs> i am so like i vaguely know what it looks like when you said it i was actually picturing a different thing and then when you said it's the guy in the in the wrestling mask i was like oh that one right <laughs> um, but the only the only 
even thing even close to Homestar Runner that I'd seen was do you remember um very cringy by today's standards but in the <laughs> mid 2000s there was a a pre-YouTube web series called Pure Ownage which is about like a professional gamer um very popular with the tech crew at my high school oh, um, i have not seen that um very it's, it's, it's you'd watch it now and you'd be like this is the most arrogant self-righteous <laughs> gaming cliche but they would do like parodies of certain things and one of the episodes had a parody of strong bad's email section in it where it was like the guy the main character who wore a, a bandana was like his his signature piece and he <laughs> would he would be typing replies to email and, and, and it'd be um filmed in that same like low angle shot of the back of his head with the computer high up hmm. that i presume is part of strong bad because someone told me it was a reference to strong yeah. bad the um the 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 the, the title homestar runner refers to a character named homestar runner who's like uh he's white in the sense that he's like actually the color white he's not just caucasian um and he's got long legs um a red kind of torso with a star on it and a massive underbite oh sorry it's by my mind oh, and a massive underbite and that's it, who i was thinking of yeah. okay no yeah, sorry, so, so he, he's the homestar runner and um there's actually an episode of um foster's home for imaginary friends where um blue they they open the door a bunch of times and it's blue changing and one and, and one of them he's homestar runner um mm-hmm. anyway um but he doesn't have any arms he like he has like invisible arms <laughs> and i went to this um to this like fudge cottage workshop thing they do like fun things for for kids in the in the school holidays and i went to this and i, I would have been like 13 kind of thing but it was clearly aimed at like 10 year olds you know and when you're 13 there's quite a different big age difference between you and and 10 year olds and i went and i made this like beautiful beautiful homestar runner out of fudge and it was like colored with all different candies and whatnot and i showed the and the woman came over and was like oh that's very cool and i was like yeah she's like oh where are his arms and i was like and i said they're invisible because that's actually in canon that's what his arms are but god like the oldest kid at this fucking thing going drawing this little character going where is arms and he goes oh they're invisible it's like, <laughs> oh my god i must have sounded so stupid and weird like, um and then she was like oh uh, cool and then just moved on to the next kid who was like you know had just thrown all their fudge on the on the fucking mat uh, and been like oh yeah i made it to, it's a kiwi and they're like wow that's so cool <laughs> very cool wow <laughs> and i was like they're invisible wow <laughs> uh so yeah that's my um fourth face nice well, we um the only member of the Culpopcha family currently left to let us know is Emily, um, who I've been messaging all through this being like, please tell me <laughs> your, your pop cultural brushmore. She has not replied, um, so I'm gonna make it up for her. Um her movie will be that the Barney the Dinosaur movie about the the magic egg. Mm-hmm. Um her TV show will be um, the game of thrones finale the the real housewives of auckland um her music will be um lost profits <laughs> <laughs> and her miscellaneous will be like a tower insurance ad 
So there you go. Oh, the um, the um, Goldstein hands. <laughs> um, I'll see if there's any more on the Discord that we can. Uh, talk yeah, we've got about. Ryan slash Guest Cadet. Um, mm-hmm. His movie is Back to the Future. TV show is I Think You Should Leave. Song is Got Well Soon. And Wildcard is Left for Dead 2 slash Halo 2. Got to pick one, Ryan. Um, see, I'm. Ryan, it's Halo 2, dude. <laughs> That's you. Halo 2 has got to be infinitely more complex than Left 4 Dead 2. No, Surely but the that, other that's day, your answer, bro. The other day, um, someone was doing a Twitch stream of Left 4 Dead 2, and Ryan said, I love Left 4 Dead 2. But I've heard him talk about Halo 2 as well. <sighs> I just I just feel like... I don't like like what you like, and I'm not saying don't like Left 4 Dead 2, but I'm surely not Halo don't like what you like. <laughs> Halo 2 surely earns the place over Left 4 Dead 2, Ryan. Right. Come on, mate. Come on. Uh and then Alan Smithy, the famous director. Um <laughs> TV show Doctor Who, both classic and new. Uh movie is Spider-Man 2, Love Me, some Toby Moby. Music, Oingo Boingo, Shine On You Crazy Elf Man You. If you don't know that's reference to AJ, uh Oingo Boingo is Danny Elfman's band. Um, mm. and Wildcard is superhero comics in general. Though he's more of a DC fan, I like I like um comics as as a wildcard. That's quite a good one because that's that's one that feels like it's could easily be fundamental to someone, but it's not something I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, there's a few more. Yeah, uh, Brent from Texas is his favorite his TV show. Mount Rushmore is House. Why is everyone doing TV show first? <laughs> um, he says specifically, especially the two part episode. Where he gets in the bus crash. Great episode. Spoilers. Uh, his movie is Twister. Um, God, okay. Uh, his music <laughs> is Pedro the Lion, and his miscellaneous is Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Then he said Twister might be replaced by Titanic. Um, so you got to pick one. Uh, Jensen's his TV show is Survivor. Um, <laughs> his movie is The Lord of the Rings trilogy. His music is Rise Against, and his wild card is Halo. I, I think Survivor is a cool answer. Yeah. Like I, I know people that are like fundamentally grew up with Survivor. All right, okay. I used um, to love Spoo- Survivor. Spoodle Goop. His, his movie is Jurassic Park. His TV show is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. His music is Lisa, and his wild card is Persona Three. Um, so there we go. That's all the ones from the Discord. Let us know if you're in the Discord or if you're commenting on this anywhere else. What your pop cultural Mount Rushmore is. Um, any, do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything that you wished could have made the cut but didn't? Oh. No, I feel good, actually. Yeah? I feel like, That's yeah, good. I explained all my reasonings pretty good. Mm. But, yeah. I was very tempted at one point to do um, a book called The Eleventh Hour as my, um, as my miscellaneous, but it, it, it created the same part of me that john doe created so i was like well right right don't need it um but maybe i'll talk about the 11th hour on another podcast because i have been thinking about that book a lot recently and i'm probably going to track it down and buy it (laughs) uh cool another actually another good one for that would be holes the book holes is is that same kind of lost john doe mystery kind of element that i love yeah old stanley now yell nets Old Stanley um, Yelnats. Oh yeah, but like, please um, comment your um, pop culture Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear them. I think it's a fun exercise. Um, but you're talking about not just your favourite, but fundamental to you. Mm, yeah, exactly. Because I think it says a lot about a person, you know. 
Yeah, and I think I think it's boring to talk about what your favourite thing is. It's way more important to talk about how something made you. Most important thing, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, the, I'd love to see what other people have for their wild cards as well. Yeah, yeah. The 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 pop culture that made us is a new Netflix series they should. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, make sure you uh, like Cold Pop Try in all the places and follow it or subscribe to it on wherever YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can email us at coldpopshamedia at gmail.com. You can support us at patreon.com slash coldpopshare, where right now during this podcast, people have been suggesting and voting on what the next franchise after Fright Night will be. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and also uh, join the Discord, as we've been saying. The Discord is the place to be. Love the Discord. Even when they try to convince us that Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen is a franchise, when we've repeatedly said before, the official coldpopshare stance is that it's not a franchise. <laughs> Um, yeah alright everybody thank you for listening uh, and um, sorry for making a an extended Mount Rushmore metaphor in a in a uh, tumultuous time for that monument but it just there's just no other perfectly succinct way to describe what we're meaning I guess yeah a real Mount Rushmore real pop cultural Mount Rushmore would be four pieces of media which we think defines us but it's actually something that something completely different that we can't we can't acknowledge yeah <laughs> alright everybody goodbye wait bye hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along, everybody, to our post-credits scene. Uh, this is a segment of the show brought to you brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash where if you donate $5 or more per month, then you get to give us a little topic of discussion. Richard, are you excited to dive right into our post-credits scene for this episode? Yes. All right, well, this one comes to us from Christopher Brown, who asks, what film score gives you legit chills? Um, so, I quite like film scores, but I often find them very difficult to remember which ones I do like and which ones I can't remember and which ones <laughs> haven't stayed Yeah, outside of the, like, super iconic ones. Yeah, yeah. So, if I, I'll go, I'll try to go a touch obscure. I'd say two um, film scores that, that give me legit chills. Um <clears throat> would be uh one would be the the score for signs m night Shyamalan signs um which sounds like a mix between um psycho and like edward scissorhands almost mm. um it's a very it's a very striking very unforgivingly scary um tune and the, and it starts with it it starts with like sort of slowly building into it and then as the title pops up it goes and it's very scary i'd recommend listening to it if you haven't heard it before because i think it's one of the most effective parts about that um film which is 
somewhat divisive. Have you seen Signs? No, we've gone over this several times. You should see. There was one time. Now it was like I was a school night, and by which I mean I had work the next day, and um, (laughs) it was like midnight. Or, like, slightly after, and you're like, bro, let's watch Signs right now. You're like, bro, it's only, like, two and a half hours long. Like, it'll be sweet. It's, it's not that long. Um, yeah, I remember you telling me it was, like, over two hours long, and I was like, are you fucking insane? I'm going to bed. Like, I was- I, get, I Why was, would I say- I've never thought it was in my life. I was getting- Like, I was getting up to go to bed, and you were like, let's watch Signs. And I was like, read the room. <laughs> <laughs> and f- because of that minor transgression- You've refused to watch it in the rest of your life. Um, and now that you're more um, more of a fan of horror movies because of this podcast, I think you would enjoy Signs. That was never the reason. It was because it was like fucking almost 1am. And right. it was a school night. Well, next time you're in town, we'll make a strawberry pie and we'll watch Signs. <laughs> um, another film score that gives me legit chills is the film score for Casper, the Friendly Ghost, the movie, which is just called Casper, um, not Casper, the Friendly Ghost. Um, have you seen Casper? Uh, years ago. What was what was the sequel well, now to that it? You're, yeah, there's like Casper's a new, be- a scary beginning. Or something I know. I know. Like I've, I've definitely seen the sequel, but I, I there's Casper meets Wendy as well. But none of the sequels are technically the same continuity. I don't think as yeah. the original movie. Um, but anyway, that original movie, I don't think it's particularly good. I actually think it's quite, it's actually really amateur in some places. Um, but the, the score to it remains the most effective part of the film. Um, especially when he, during the scene, it's like Casper's theme when he's like asking Christina Ricci, can I keep you? Or when he talks about how, how he remembers dying of like pneumonia the 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 tune of the the score to that those two scenes is very haunting and i wish the rest of the film was as good as the theme tune <laughs> it deserved like the casper theme tune deserves like a um An you know Oscar. like a like a mainstay in pop cultural conversation status you know but it, right, it, right, it right. really it's really not a good movie <laughs> yeah do you have any film scores you'd like to share um it's not a film score, but um, for a video game, um, mm. the Lego Marvel Superheroes. Oh, yeah, man. Have we talked about this before in a post credit scene? I think we might have, I yeah. Think- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But just to reiterate... Um, Lego Marvel Superheroes. If you if you have if you like the Lego games, this is the best one. Um, it's right. um, it's like an open world kind of. I mean, it has the like the levels and stuff like that, but a large portion of it is open world, and so you're just exploring a Lego version of New York City as all of your favorite Avengers and X Men because they're they're both in this game. Um, no, but um, it's probably the biggest piece of media, interactive media. You're not even like non comic book media that has. <clears throat> <laughs> that has both the X-Men and the Marvel and, other and, and Fantastic Four. And it's like, cause it's, it's very heavily MCU yeah, yeah. influenced. Um, but um, yeah, the, the soundtrack to it though, when you're just like exploring is like the most beautiful kind of like idol music. It sounds like it's like, the, idols are, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of music you get in like the last of us when you're 
exploring mm. kind of and it's and you're just having yeah. a conversation and it's, it's very serene I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it as soon as we stop recording today <laughs> it's, it's a very relaxing it's like kind of a, a profound yeah idle is a good word to use but that doesn't make it any less kind of it's almost a nostalgic sorrowful yeah <laughs> it's so funny and it's like while well, you're like flying around as Iron Man <laughs> as a Lego Iron Man yeah or slowly descending to the ground as Iceman. Because <laughs> you like, you know, like how Frozone does, like creates an ice path in front of him. If oh, you right. can get up real high as, and then like as Iron Man, then switch to Iceman, you can just like very, very slowly descend to the ground on one of those ice paths. 